0: On this edition of The Marcus Wall Show, we're taking a trip to Fantasy Island, both football and golf. My impressions of NCAA football in the early going, NFL and MLB updates, plus a look back at local gridiron action. All this and more is on The Marcus Wall Show,
1: starting right now. Clear the mechanism. The uh, Marcus Walsh Show is brought to you by Wicked Good Art. Do you like art, kid? Go get some art! Baby, we can do it. Take your time. Do it right. We can do it, baby. Do it tonight. Baby, we can do it. Take your
0: time. Welcome into the Marcus Walsh Show on this Saturday. Beautiful day here in the Lowcountry and a, uh, a beautiful day in the fact as well that it's actually getting a little bit cooler we're still in the 80s feels like 90s um but it's it's getting cooler with less humidity which is certainly nice especially of the fact that uh we've got some high school football action we'll get into that later on as kevin will join me to talk ncaa action high school football action the nfl major league baseball Some NBA as well. The title of today's show, and typically I don't uh, reveal the title, but I'm going to this week because it's a unique one, and we've had some very unique titles for sure. This is one of my go-to phrases to use in just my everyday language. Things that make you go, hmm, that's what we're talking about today. All forms of sports obviously will probably throw in either a food or beverage reference or one of each. Uh, and a few other things certainly to talk about. So sports, pop culture, food, beverage, you name it, we're going to talk about it today as we do every time we do end up recording the Marcus Wall Show. Some other uh, big news that we'll get into as the month and uh, the like end up unfolding. So uh, tune in for that teaser. I know some folks don't care for it, but hey, it's it's what I do. Um, So, with that, I'm going to start off a little bit differently today than I normally do. Typically, I start off my monologue with, you know, updates of what's going around, um, what's going on, I should say, around the world of sports. Today, I'm going to talk some fantasy sports that I am involved in, and I'm going to start off with the fact that today is Saturday rather than Sunday, and there is no action in the NFL today. As opposed to a whole bunch of it tomorrow and Monday, I'm gonna start with a fantasy golf. Uh, look at things with, with my fantasy golf team, and um, I'm in a golf league with my family, and we just had our fantasy draft on Tuesday, and it went very well for me. My uh, my fantasy golf team over the years has been, you know, pretty pretty good, not not great, but I've I've competed well took a long time in this last season for me to get my first win. It's a keeper league, so I ended up keeping Will Zalatoris, the young man from the North Carolina area, uh, went to Wake Forest. They have a tremendous golf program, both men and women. And uh, Will Zalatoris is doing great things, staying healthy, which is big, of course. The 25-year-old is just tremendous. And so he was one of my keepers. Another one is another... Um, guy from the southern U.S., and it happens to be Kevin Kisner. Kevin's just an incredible golfer in his own right as well. Um, Very, very good off the tee, but not a long hitter per se, but he's really good with his approach, and he's getting better with his short game as well. Those are my two keepers that I had as my technically first and second picks, thus keeping, and uh, then I went with Patrick Cantley, in the first round of our three-round draft, and Patrick Cantlay had a tremendous year this uh, last season, ended up winning the Tour Championship, did a did a great job, and has done a great job. And the fact that one of his main sponsors, and, and I'll have Kevin talk about this here in just a little bit, my name is actually installed in one of his sponsors. It's Marcus Goldman Socks, I believe, or Sachs. It's a bank. <clears throat> excuse me and I think Kevin can definitely talk more about that as uh, as he comes in here in a little while. I'll, I'll make sure to bring that up. So I've got Patrick Cantley and then I ended up going a little bit off the radar with a couple of guys. Uh, I went with my last pick Harold Varner who is originally from the Akron, Ohio area. Harold Varner had a very good year and has done some tremendous things in the uh, in the sport of golf. Just very good charitable guy and, and a solid number five guy is my last golfer and uh, can definitely compete in tournaments. He actually won a tournament out west. I believe it was in either California or Arizona last year. I think it was in California is where they have the Genesis. I'm almost positive that is the one that he ended up winning last season. Um, former golfer of mine, Adam Scott, ended up winning that one as well. Uh, should have been in Pacific Paladades or Palisades in uh, in California. And then my fourth pick right in the middle of the three-round draft was uh, Cameron Tringale, a.k.a. as we like to say, Cameron Triangle. Tringale, Varner, and Will Zalatoris all are playing this week in the opening tournament of the 2021-22 season, and they are all doing really well. Again, it took me a long time to get my first win, but with the fact that Things are going well so far for all three of them. There's a chance that I could get my first win in the first tournament. We'll see how Saturday and Sunday go over uh, in the PGA Tour and the looks of things that way. On to my fantasy football teams. And Yahoo, these are both Yahoo leagues with uh, friends of mine. Yahoo gave me a B grade for each. I'm in third place with a 1-0 record in my my league with my college buddies. Uh, Matt Brubaker is the commissioner. And my team looks like this. I've got Ryan Tannehill as my quarterback. TJ Lockett is my number one wide receiver. Robert Woods is my number two wide receiver. Uh, Harris, the running back from Pittsburgh, and went to Alabama as well as my number one running back. Melvin Gordon is my number two running back from the Denver Broncos. Travis Kelsey was my number one overall pick in this league. He is at tight end, one of the great uh, just general targets, receiving targets in the NFL, great tight end. And then my flex play as of now is Cortland Sutton, but I've got a lot of options to go with with that. Got Kenyon Drake, Matt Ryan, uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown, uh, James White, uh, Devontae Parker, and Malcolm Brown on my bench. From the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Atlanta Falcons, Baltimore Ravens, uh, New England Patriots, and then a couple of Miami Dolphins. My kicker is Greg Zerline, and then my defense is Arizona. And again, I'm in third place in this league, 1-0 record in third place based off the point total of Week 1. And uh, currently, I am trailing 17-0, to nothing, uh, but am projected to win. And in the other league that I am in with my buddy Chris Miller from back in the great state of Ohio. Currently no score in the matchup, and my team looks like this. I I think it's a little bit better of the two teams. Uh, At quarterback, I've got Russell Wilson. I've got uh, Tyreek Hill at wide receiver, my wide receiver one. Chris Godwin is my wide receiver two. Austin Eckler, who was my second overall pick in this draft as my running back one. Miles Sanders out of Philadelphia is my running back two. Dallas Goddard, or Geddert, however you pronounce his name. He's my tight end. And then Melvin Gordon as my, uh, I guess it would be one of my flex plays. We've got two flex plays in this league. And then I have Christian Kirk. I ended up picking him up. Because Jerry Judy, who I have on the bench, and I may end up getting rid of him, he's currently on the IR. And then I've got Rodrigo Blankenship from Indianapolis as my kicker. And the Kansas City defense as of now, I may switch them out uh, from time to time. Kansas City's got a stiff test, you would think, with Baltimore. But, you know, we'll see what they do. This week, I am projected to win in this league this week, 133.58 to 126.17. Again, all of this stuff is just projection-based. We'll see what happens throughout the week. My bench, I've got uh, Marquise Brown, who's questionable at the moment. I mentioned I still have Jerry Judy on the IR, but still have him. We'll keep him for a, a second just to see how things end up progressing. Kenny Drake is my running back. Naeem Hines... Also running back on the bench, Matt Ryan is my backup quarterback in this league as well. I had to go with an Atlanta Falcon. And then one of my last picks of the draft, actually it was my last pick of the draft, is another bench play, and it's A.J. Green from Arizona. And Arizona, as I've mentioned in other uh, scenarios, certainly in the uh, football preview show that we did uh, a couple of weeks ago, the last edition of the Marcus Wall Show, Kevin and I, Arizona really intrigues me. I think they have added some pieces that are absolutely outstanding, and we'll see what they can end up doing. They absolutely annihilated the Tennessee Titans in their first game of the season last week, and so it's going to be really interesting to see how Arizona ends up holding up. And I've got two sleepers. One of them actually, I think... uh, I actually checked that. I have both of them making the playoffs out of the West. The NFC West, it's Arizona. And in the AFC West, I didn't think I was going to go this route, but I ended up putting the Denver Broncos, as you can recall, in the playoffs, not getting by the first-round matchup. But the Denver Broncos, to me, have some pieces on the outside. They've got certainly some pieces at running back, a serviceable average plus average quarterback to good quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater as well and I expect big things out of both these teams out west managing to sneak their way into the playoffs and possibly battle for well above 500 records again with the fact that there are 17 games in 18 weeks this season for the first time in uh, the sports history as opposed to 16 weeks in seven or uh, 16 games in 17 weeks that we've seen throughout. Again, another note about the NFL is just that, for the second year, there are going to be seven teams getting into the playoffs as opposed to six. That will um, that'll make things definitely interesting. And again, I went over all the matchups and the scenarios and my MVPs and all of that. Come uh, come the last show that we had a couple of weeks back, and uh, it's going to be really interesting. To, uh, to find out how things work fantasy-wise in football and in golf for yours truly, but certainly as well just for fans of those sports and and the like, how things shape up because we're definitely into the fall, and it's going uh, to be fun to see. It's a fun time of year. Got the NFL, got high school football, have uh, certainly NBA getting ready to get rolling with training camps next week. I believe they start next week. MLB, the playoffs will be upon us here in a couple of weeks and uh nfl and again ncaa it's a it's a lot of fun stuff to unpack and uh and talk about for sure when we come back kevin will join me here shortly and we'll be talking much more of the same add a few other things in as we talk about things that make you go hmm segment two of the marcus Walsh Show is coming up next. Come on, girl, come out them like me, like
1: the music you hear on the Marcus Wall Show is provided courtesy of TBMM Productions. For low country entertainment production and great value, TBMM Productions, 843-715-1935. Back to the show.
0: Nice Welcome back into the Marcus Wall Show, here from the Batcave.
1: Batman! There it is! Doink! Flonk! <laughs> Ponk! Narf point trods, buddy.
0: Yeah. My my mom, if she ever listens to this, she's going to love it. I, I actually have... <laughs> I, I'm going to mention my mom because of the fact that uh, she obviously loved Adam West and uh, Burt Ward and, and the Batman of, like... When was that the in the '60s, o- right? The OG
1: Batman. Oh, it
0: was. It was the greatest. the The only thing, and certainly uh, the great films that have been out recently. My favorite outside of that, in terms of actual movies, was the Christopher um, Christopher Clooney was the George Clooney version, um, where George was Batman. That was great. But outside of that, the other one that I just love is the cartoon version with uh with the young man Dick Grayson meeting Bruce Wayne as as the uh, older gentleman and, and certainly Bruce taking Dick under his wing and making it making it work um you you know which one I'm I'm talking about, right? I do. Just tremendous stuff. Um but back in the day when my mom was growing up, they would play Batman and Robin my grandpa was always Robin. My my mom was always Batman, and she she continues to tell that story to this day. And uh, it's just a great great memory. And because we're in the Bat Cave, obviously monikered uh, from yourself, Mister Kevin Libby.
1: No, no, no. That's it's Mister Tyler Brown. Oh,
0: I am sorry, Tyler. Good Lord have mercy. I I botched that one up. Um, courtesy of Tyler Brown Multimedia. Again, thanks to Tyler for the, uh, for the tunes and, and all the great stuff that he provides the show.
1: Another artistic contribution.
0: Without question. Um, so, kudos to him, and thanks to him, one of, one of many. And uh, so, I just thought I'd share that little story, get a little anecdotal with the familial references, if you will, uh, here on this edition of the Marcus
1: Wall Show. The Boy
0: Wonder. Yes, indeed. Um, we are going to start uh, the show segments with, uh, with Kevin and I talking about college football and the impressions that we have. And I tell you what, it's not looking very good at the moment for Ohio State. And I, and I will say this. I I may have been wrong about them getting to the college football playoff. I obviously had them winning the entire thing, beating Clemson. I may have been wrong about that. If I am, Pasadena, California, and the Rose Bowl. Is there an O in Rose? Yes. Is there an O in Bowl? Yes. Pasadena, California. Yes, there's an O in California as well. Um, the Rose Bowl is not a bad consolation prize. And yes, there are O's in the word consolation as well. It's not a bad consolation prize at all. And if it ends up being that Ohio State goes to the Rose Bowl, I'm thinking that, again, it's very early. They may end up facing a team like USC or UCLA. The reason I say that is because Oregon again very very early but Oregon looks like they could be the first Pac-12 team in a few years and they could be a Pac-12 team to have their first chance at two appearances in the college football playoff they look like every bit of the number four team in the nation with C.J. Verdell they had a a wide receiver that went nuts and they've got a quarterback that can move like lightning. The Buckeyes have a defense that plays Swiss cheese and I get it. You know, I'm very excited for what Stroud can offer, but he needs to continue to mature and grow and the offensive line needs to shape up. And yes, Minnesota was a win, and it was a 45-31 win, but you had to play better in that game, too. Oregon's a different category right now. They look like, again, extremely early. They look like the best team in the country. Um, Comparatively, Michigan absolutely annihilated Washington on Saturday Night Football last week on ABC from the Big House. Oregon looks like the best team um, out of the Pac-12 right now, again, very early. Georgia and Clemson really did a, a whale of a game, had a whale of a game in week one. And um, those two teams look very good as well. Again, we'll see more competitive action as, as we continue. And then there's Alabama, your national champion.
1: But my Heisman was going to be a running back from one of these teams like Iowa. And I looked through the Iowa schedule, and I don't think they're going to lose again. I mean it. So... I think that the best team in the football is your Georgia Bulldogs because of the uh, extra oomph you get from J.T. Daniels' mustache. <laughs> I think that's the difference maker between them and Bama right now. There you go, in my eyes. And I tell you what,
0: it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see the SEC play out. Georgia has South Carolina uh, tonight. It's seven Eastern on ESPN from Sanford Stadium and. Uh, that game will be called by Sean McDonough, Todd Blackledge, and Molly McGrath. Alabama, on CBS at 3.30, has a road test. They travel to the Swamp to take on Florida. That game last year in the SEC Championship that Brad Nestler and Gary Danielson and Jamie Erdahl called was an absolute classic. Could it be part two? There's a chance. Um, that this game is going to be absolutely tremendous. There's also a chance that Alabama ends up flexing their muscles and winning handedly. We'll just have to wait and see. Those are two big games. But the biggest game of the slate in terms of top 25 opponents this this day in college football is where college game day was at. Look out for the Penn State Nittany Lions – And the Auburn Tigers, 7.30 on ABC, Chris Fowler, Kirk Street, and Holly Rowe with the call of that one. That's going to be a doozy of a football game. Look out for the Penn State Nittany Lions. They may have something to say in the Big Ten East
1: outside of Ohio State. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, if you're going to talk about Big Ten football, you can't not talk about those teams. Uh, Ohio State's probably not done but they dropped to number nine in the country. So we're probably talking about a team that's going to obviously win out. Um, It was week one. Give them a chance to come back. Absolutely.
0: Um, You know, they've, they've got very interesting matchups certainly on their schedule and they're the best team possibly in terms of, you know, some of the talent, that type of thing. People talk about Ohio state and Penn state out of the East, but the Big Ten, like a lot of these other conferences, just beat up on each other. Um, and I think much of the same is going to happen. I was really surprised going back to the uh, the way things went off in the ACC. I was really surprised, and I know they lost a lot, but the Clemson defense and their offense comparatively, was very surprised with that. Um, defensively, Clemson looks very, very good offensively, not so much. It's going to take some time. Uh, That's where I actually give Georgia the edge because I think they have more offensively uh, at this point. We'll see what happens, and certainly the mustache, Um, (laughs) according to Kevin. So it's going to be interesting to see the ACC, the days of the ACC. Oof, looking looking rough. Um, Texas, I mentioned Texas is a sleeper. To possibly get to the uh, four-team playoff, Texas got absolutely smoked by Arkansas last week. I didn't see that coming, but it happened. Oklahoma, Oregon, Alabama, Georgia—they look like the best four teams right now. Again, as we enter Week Three, and nobody's going to beat Iowa. It's, it's going to be interesting. I've got I've got my eye on the Big Twelve. Uh, as well on Iowa State. Did you know? I don't think I told you this, but Matt Campbell, the head coach of Iowa State, went to the same high school that I did. He actually graduated with one of my cousins back in '95. Was on the football team at the Maslin Perry High School, and uh, and was great. There was you know a chance for him to return to Perry and even to coach Ohio State before Ryan Day joined as the head coach of Ohio State. Um, And he decided to stay at Iowa State. What he's got going on there with the Cyclones is tremendous. They absolutely annihilated. Talking about how good Oregon is, they crushed Oregon in the bowl game in the Fiesta Bowl last year. Um, And they look like they could take a step up. They're another sleeper. We'll see how things shake out. The ACC outside of Clemson, I was big on North Carolina. We'll see what happens there. Um, Miami's taking on Michigan State today. And so that's going to be kind of an interesting matchup. You never can really count out Sparty. And, and Miami and North Carolina both need to just take that next step moving ahead um, in terms of having a chance to win the, uh, the ACC. Virginia Tech's another team, very similar spot, very talented football team, but they need to get over the hump. And with the fact that Clemson lost as much as they lost and they may – be doing things a little bit differently more on the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side of the ball. It might be their chance for some of these other teams to end up making those runs like a Miami or a a Virginia Tech or a North Carolina to overtake Clemson. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, Pac-12, I was big on USC and UCLA at the start of the year. UCLA is a sleeper. They ended up with my big upset lock i had him over lsu in week one that ended up happening and uh chip kelly's due for a good year at ucla um so there's really a lot of intrigue cincinnati could be a power of five team that could possibly you know make things interesting in all of this uh it's going to be interesting to see what happens
1: 100 percent is it's why they play the game it's wide open It's not like the years past where we knew coming in that it was going to be, you know, Alabama or USC. It's it's wide open. You know, let the kids play. And and the great thing about the biggest game we saw was that Clemson upset. I call it an upset. Uh, First game of the year. Defense looks great. Offense hasn't hasn't have any chemistry yet. It's what you expect week one. What a bear. Oh, absolutely,
0: it was. Talking a little bit about the high school games that we have seen. So far on uh, on WHHI, I'm the voice of high school football this season. Uh, had a great game, you know, a, a great atmosphere yesterday. Certainly, uh, the game was lopsided between Thomas Hayward and Hilton Head Prep, but you know it was great to be out there. Hilton Head Prep's always very gracious with uh, with us being out there, as as everybody is. Um, but the the game that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, outside of what we've seen the first two weeks, is next uh, in two weeks. We're off next week, but in two weeks we go to Buford. Buford lost for the first time this season on uh, blah, blah. <laughs> on last night's game. They uh, they ended up losing to Oceanside, thirty one to seventeen, and Buford is four and one. They made some mistakes in obviously yesterday's game and the game before against Wes Ashley, but they ended up winning 38-7. to I'm going to be interested to see the chess match between Bryce Librand and B.J. Payne because both these teams, really different styles, as we talked about in the wrap-up show uh, last night after the game for the, the post-game segment for the news, um, the Hilton Head News hosted by Bob Stevens. Uh, but... It's going to be interesting because of the mentality and the styles of both the coaches, even though Buford's got a little bit, you know, more girth, more edge, more physicality than Hilton Head May. These these coaches don't mess around. I mean, they are in-your-face, trench-type guys, and uh, should
1: be a great one in two weeks. Oh, yeah. We love seeing Buford compete. Oceanside right now is the number 63 team in South Carolina. They're coming out of Mount Pleasant. Uh, they came down, they, they kind of hit a pot of gold a little bit. I think they got a little lucky. But, yeah, if you strike and you strike right and you get momentum. This is why you don't bet on kids. You don't bet on high school kids. Well, you can't bet on high school kids. You definitely don't bet on college kids. Uh, be- because they're 18, 19, 20, and the kids are high school kids, 14, 15, 16. Um, it, consistency is tough. Was, it, I have to interrupt yeah. you. Was that a 14? <laughs> I did not come from a state that ratified the letter A. Ha, 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 ha that's that's tremendous continue the idea is that these kids are not expected to be consistent and one of the things we saw in the game last night um in addition to seeing a kid have a, a neck injury we want to make sure we have we're thinking about him because um, that is there is serious danger of college and high school football and if these kids aren't taught how to tackle uh it, i'm not saying that was the circumstance last night but you got to be able to it's
0: important regardless
1: it's a very very violent and dangerous game and it's yeah. uh every everyone's the heart drops, and it's a gut punch when you see a kid get hurt. But uh, what I saw last night from, from Prep uh, was that their running back, number 24, Loncel
0: Daly, got fired called,
1: up. Called his name
0: a lot in the second half. He got fired up, and he,
1: he willed himself to attempt to get Prep back in the game. And what a leader, because what we saw up in the press box, I'm sure you heard on field, was this kid was running behind the line that was playing without motivation. And these are kids. And they just saw one of their their guys go off on a stretcher. It's a scary thing to see. It was the full um, spinal protocol they gave the kid. It was a good chance for the kids to watch how that's done. And, of course, we hope it wasn't um, a spinal injury. But the point is, uh, this kid, 24, is running behind an uninspired line. And he gets tackled on the sideline for a two-yard loss after running through four tackles. And he just screams, I'm working my butt off out here. And the the officials were having a hard time, but that was the best no-call I've seen all season. Because he wasn't yelling at the other team. He was yelling at his teammates, saying, I'm here, and I need you. Right. And how'd they finish that drive? Pretty dang well. That was a touchdown was drive a touchdown. where his guard and his tackle started pulling real hard. He ran right behind them, And uh, I tell you what, it was just fun to see a kid understand that when it comes to that age, this includes college, confidence is everything. And all of a sudden, you're not playing with your head up your butt. You're playing for that kid because he's working his butt off. It was, it was great to see from both teams, and obviously – we
0: saw Thomas Hayward last week against Bluffton, and the fact that they had a, a tough go of it um, in the second half and in overtime. It was the first overtime game that I've ever called for WHHI TV. And, uh, you know, certainly it was a wake-up call for Thomas Hayward. And Anthony Fripp, man, he is an absolute beast. He has a motor. He's, he's like the – Speedy, not necessarily Speedy Gonzalez, but he's like the Energizer Bunny. He just keeps going and going and
1: going, and
0: he's tremendous. He reminds
1: and me. He of, had a great night. He reminds me of a young Adrian Peterson, where he's so physically dominant. He has his legs right. He goes side to side so hard. His cuts are exceptional. Uh, the B-roll coming off our game last night was a lot of him going side to side behind blocks. Really, really strong runner. It takes. You, got, you can't arm tackle him. You got to actually know how to tackle a guy, get a guy like him down. Uh, special player. He looks like a D1 athlete in my mind. There
0: are a lot of games that uh, that we will continue to have. Obviously, all of this is COVID protocol, and you know, are based off what happens with it. Um, again, we've got the week off, but I'm I'm intri- uh, intrigued and very interested to see what happens with Bluffton. We've got them three times in a row coming up after the game in two weeks between Hilton Head and uh, Buford, which definitely has my attention. I'm really excited to see Hilton Head Prep again. Uh, We'll have them the last game against uh, Hilton Head Christian Academy. That's always a great game. And um, then certainly a team that we will not see that we almost saw in week one is Wade Hampton. They have beaten two of the better teams in terms of what we see out of the Bluffton area in May River. And then they beat Bluffton last night. And coming off the great win that Bluffton had coming back, really interesting from outside our area, about an hour, hour and a half away, Wade Hampton looks like the real deal as well as they
1: win two squeakers in, uh, in the last two weeks. Yeah, these bigger public schools, they really can deliver. They, and we talk about the biggest game we called or we worked together on, you called it, uh, was that overtime game where we saw Thomas Hayward really discover what the difference between the size of the schools is in terms of depth of roster. Because they got they got gassed by the third quarter, they couldn't keep up, and that's when Bluffton went to town. But Bluffton has an offense and a defense. Thomas Hayward Academy has t- superior athletes playing two ways. There's too many snaps to win a game with a 30 guy roster. Yeah, no no question about it. Um, want to give a
0: shout out to uh, one of our great colleagues and uh, my broadcast partner, Daniel Court. We hope to see Daniel back uh, alongside of me to my right in two weeks for that Hilton Head. Buford game kudos to Bob Stevens for for coming in last minute it's tremendous it was actually the first time I ever called a game with Bob Um, I've done sideline and he's been in the booth but uh, and certainly we've done stuff where I'm reporting a story that he's covering on the news as the news anchor and I've been on a one golf course he's been on another covering a golf tournament but this was our first time actually working side by side and
1: it was it was great He's a class act. I called, you know, the, I didn't call. I got to work the news for five years opposite Bob. And he, for those who don't know, was in the ESPN Sports Center, original anchor. Those old photos, he's right in the center of them. Uh, he was a local news, you know, contributor, and he, he had his own broadcast when the Indians were really good. Those 90s Indians can he tell some great Jim Tomey stories. And for us, as people that like to be in broadcasting, he is, you know, The single best broadcaster in this market and we all want to be like bob
0: and you had mentioned that that we should talk some cleveland indians baseball and i actually learned just seconds ago about the uh his association with the cleveland indians and he he lived in ohio as well for years um did did not know that that he uh ended up having the uh the show there he
1: was the local so he was the local news guy in cleveland during the run and so he would get a crack at, especially in playoff time, you know, getting some access to these guys. Uh, and and of course there was nothing bigger in Cleveland than when the Jake was full up and they were going after, you know, a a ring
0: of, of course now known as the Prague. Um, I'll have to ask him what station it was that he, uh, was with. I'm guessing it was probably, if I, if I had to guess it was probably, it could have been WTAM, which was the flagship, um, or is the flagship, uh, it could have been WKNR too, which is a sports talk and news talk radio station in, in Cleveland. But yeah, Bob's Bob's
1: terrific. You can get a lot of great. Pl- There's some great places you can be with a press pass, especially if you got a local press.
0: Yes, yes, indeed, no doubt about that. Um, very interested to see from afar, certainly what some of the teams in Georgia does um, do as far as high school football. Getting back to that real quick, we're just a few weeks in, certainly two weeks into our schedule with WHHi TV. And uh, there should be a lot of great high school football yet to come.
1: It's the Friday Night Lights or, in some cases, Saturday. If you want to be a high school sports official, uh, you got to pass the test. But uh, it's also based on seniority for how you get hired. But go out and be a high school sports official. They need more officials. Um, that You know, football is fun. You got The umpire is going to tell you what to do. We've got your referee, two side judges. You just call what you see. It's a good time.
0: I will get that read for you uh, later on because I have it. Um, We'll take a break, but I'll definitely make sure to mention that again. Um, Certainly as we talk more gridiron action, we've covered high school, we've covered college, we've got our NFL impressions, we've got our Major League Baseball and NBA news and notes and some NFL as well, and uh, a little bit more. You never know what to fully expect on the Marcus Wall Show. We've got another segment for you. Right after this. They fell in love with the fell in love with Hey friends, do you like the Marcus Wall show? Then you'll enjoy the electric power of my buddy Brad Storm. Check out his reference to us in his YouTube series Beers from Around the World. For us, he covered Guinness because Kevin and I are as Irish as the day is long. His podcast, A VO's Padded Room, co-starring his cohort, Big Jim Lomance, is available everywhere podcasts are sold. And remember punch every day in the face now back to the show let me saute seasoning you can call me country hold on welcome back into the Marcus Walsh show from the Bat cave Marcus Walsh Kevin Libby with you again want to give a shout out to Tyler Brown of TBMM that is Tyler Brown multimedia that's it LLC Productions. 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 Um, thanks, Tyler, for the great music, as as per usual, and uh, again, for the, the great thought and mind of uh, the Batcave. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. And and this is a great place. It's a great pad you got here,
1: Kev. I love it at home. And ty- the reality is Tyler's Batman, and wherever he is, it's the Batcave. But I'm, I'm not taking the sign off the wall, so to speak. And you are... Uh, in addition to being Batman yourself, Marcus, quite the boy wonder.
0: Why? Why? Thank you very much, my friend. Um, Want to start quickly? I, I had mentioned that typically I don't disclose the name of the title of each episode, but there was an exception with uh, with today's, and the reason of things that make you go hmm. There's, there's a lot of stuff that we have talked about and more that we will talk about that make you go, hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. You went up, I went down. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Um, but the main reason is because I saw something on ESPN a couple of weeks ago that made me go, hmm, mm-hmm. that could be really interesting. Ben Simmons, we know... Is having a bit of an issue with Philadelphia, and the whole scenario playing with Embiid and the way that style is working, the process, all of it. I heard a rumor, and if it comes true, this could be very good for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It would take a you know a couple of years, whatnot, but I have heard a rumor um, and and read about it, courtesy of ESPN, and et cetera, et cetera that Ben Simmons could be on his way to Cleveland. It was not that long ago that everybody, including myself, you know, regular Joes and people at ESPN, thought that Ben Simmons could be the next LeBron James. Ben Simmons to Cleveland is something that makes me go, hmm, hmm, hmm.
1: It's uh, pretty intriguing stuff. I believe he's six foot eleven, as he was measured at the yeah. combine. Yeah. He has tremendous handle. He lets you play defense from the point of attack, so he'd be a point. I mean, he doesn't necessarily have to run the offense, but he could be a point guard defense defender. You know, post hand check rules how important it is to guard the the point of attack. Uh, you can see how well these guys can shoot. You know, coming out of the e- coming out of the east, you have someone that can defend Kevin Durant. Ben Simmons is a special player. Really young, really good. He's not an American. He's Aussie. Can't remember, you know, to be young is tough anywhere. To be young and not from that country, it's pretty pretty, cool. pretty tough. Um, I'm starting to watch Ted Lasso. I might be picking up on some some plot points. My point is that Ben Simmons could be the comeback kid of that draft with Lonzo and, and I think, the new Paul Pierce, Jason Tatum. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Obviously...
0: We are getting closer and closer. I think it starts in the next week or so to having the uh, training camp for the NBA because the middle to end of October is going to be here before we know it. If you don't mind, Kev, if you could look up for me when the start of the NBA season begins. Um, I'm thinking it's the end of October
1: or maybe the middle. So we're looking for October 19 before Halloween. Okay. I, I, that's around
0: what I was thinking. Um, and so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. We we have talked about some of the moves that have already been made. It looks like a Lakers-Nets finals. And if that doesn't happen, I'd be surprised. Um, we'll see what happens very, very quickly to touch on college basketball. I've, I've seen from Dick Vitale and I've, you know, certainly uh, watched some of his videos and, and read some of his stuff as well. The great Dickie V he's awesome with a capital A baby. (laughs) Still doing it at 80 plus years old, man.
1: That is spot on.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, Love Dick Vitale. I've been a huge fan of his ever since uh, I was a little boy. Um, But he says that Duke and Memphis are two teams to really look out for in the March Madness tournament this year. And Duke always seems to find a way, I don't want to say always, but eight times out of ten. And you know this year's going to be a special year for them because of the fact that Coach K is going to be calling it quits at the end of the year. Um, But uh, they seem to find their way into the tournament, make deep runs. Penny Hardaway is doing great things, getting great recruits to come to Memphis, and I expect both those teams to be, and I don't typically do kind of preseason projections and predictions as far as uh, the college basketball season goes. I expect Duke and Memphis to possibly both be a lead eight, if not better than that, this year. I think they're both going to
1: be outstanding. In contrast to a sport like soccer or baseball, In baseball, your worst hitter gets just as many at-bats as your best hitter. In basketball, you can have your best player take the shots. It's a Malcolm Gladwell reference, and I love it. I think it's so true about sports. You cracked me up in your delivery just then. Huh? Have you ever seen
0: the skit from George Carlin where he's talking about the differences between baseball and football? Teach me. Check it out. It's incredible. Do the line. Rick, come on. I've I've got a couple, but you definitely need to see it because I can't quite do it justice. In baseball, there's the seventh inning stretch. In football, there's the two-minute warning. In baseball, you play in a park. In football, you play on a gridiron. Like Soldier Field or War Memorial Stadium.
1: Have have you seen it? I know the reference from Imitation, and I love it. Oh,
0: it's, I mean, George Carlin, I knew George Carlin when I was very young. Not, Not knew him personally, but I knew of him based off of the fact that he was, and I think we've talked about this on the show before, he was the second Mr. Conductor in the Thomas the Tank Engine spinoff series, Shining Time Station. He was the as as he so eloquently put it, he was the anti Pete Best because he took after uh, he took that spot after Ringo Starr had it in season one, and Ringo Starr took over as the drummer of the Beatles the after Be- Pete Best. The Beatles. At very good, very good, and. As much as I love George Carlin, Ringo Starr, who I also love, was the better Mister Conductor, and in, in my opinion, and it's it's not even close. But but on the comedy stage, as I've gotten older, I've heard George Carlin's comedy. My goodness, and, and I also love I, I. I'm a huge fan of everything about those two guys. In terms of the singing voice and the drumming styles of Ringo back in the day, and George in his comedy—pardon me, back in the day—and they're both—they both were fantastic. Um, actually, they both were terrific, I should say. As Mister Conductor, certainly, in my opinion, better than Alec Baldwin or anybody else that has graced that spot. Um, so yeah, George George Carlin, tremendous. The, the way you phrased that just made me think of George and baseball versus football,
1: incredible. I'll take it. I love an opinion. We've um, got the mustache, man. I'm telling you. So you don't have to talk about hard opinion. I think JT Daniels' mustache is worth a number one ranking in college football. Will it win the Heisman Trophy? Oh, I don't know. No, it's not, I'm not sure it has superpowers. But <laughs> what, the point is that in football – it's a little more top-down, to use the Gladwell analogy, where the quarterback really matters. There's no sport in American sports that's popular more than basketball where top-down matters. LeBron's taking the shots. Yeah. So if you're a collegiate athlete in the era of the one-and-done, I get the Dookies took a long time to appreciate the one-and-done, but Calipari sure as heck understood it, and Penny Hardaway is a kid who came up as a product of the blue chips. So that's a, that's a movie reference, kids. Um what I'm trying to get at is there's name and likeness rights that are being entitled to these players on a top-down sport. And if you can get to one of these schools and be one of these kids, you can make money before you get in the league. And if you want to stay in school and get your degree, go for it. Because you might be able to make a little more money as the best collegiate athlete every March than having to come out right away and try to impress in a league of men. With, without question, I completely,
0: 100% concur. Um, so it's, it's just interesting what's going on in the world of basketball for Sure. Let's move it on to the world of the NFL, because we had talked uh, the college football scene. And things that made me go, hmm, Mm -hmm. in the first week of the NFL. You brought this to my attention earlier uh, in the day via text. And I want to take it in a slightly different direction, because who knows What's going to happen with Deshaun Watson? My opinion is he's not going to grace the field this year. But how about Tyrod Taylor, who is currently starting for Houston, and the Houston Texans absolutely throttling
1: the Jacksonville Jaguars in week one? When Tyrod Taylor was on the Bills, I remember being completely terrified of him. Belichick describing him as a guy who can play east to west as well as north and south. And what we mean to say is that he's so fast he can get to the outside. He has the arm to get to the third tier of the defense. He's a special player, and he's never not been that. Obviously, he got hurt, but to see someone who's always been – it's like Fitzpatrick. You know how Fitzpatrick's like, oh, my God, magic." No, he's great. You just didn't want to invest in him. And he's hurt, by the way, unfortunately. He's going to be definitely missing some time. I get that that all comes with the territory, but for Tyrod Taylor, he's a gamer. And to see a gamer get a chance to play with a team that doesn't have the roster to win very much. But boy, was that one fun to see. And you get some momentum going, even in the adult game. Some of these people will pick up. Some other just
0: highlights and certainly things that made me go, hmm, in week one, Tampa Bay, who I have in the Super Bowl, as do you. If memory serves correct, you've got Baltimore taking on Tampa Bay. Why not? I've got a rematch of Kansas City and Tampa Bay with Kansas City winning. Um, but Tampa Bay looked very, very good in their Thursday game. They take on Atlanta tomorrow. It's going to get ugly. I talked to my brother earlier today, and I said, that game's going to be ugly. Um, it's going to be rough.
1: Yeah, look at the game against the Cowboys, where they lost the turnover battle four to one, and they did some dumb, ugly things. But if you lose a turnover battle four to one and then come away with a W, and somehow, some way, I get it. You have Tom Brady, but it's a heck of a mm, heck of a game.
0: And the Dallas Cowboys really impressed me as well. Um, what's up with the Washington football team? They're they're looking they're a playoff team for me. They're looking like you know things are kind
1: of rough at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough, it's a, it's a build. to remember if you're coming from a losing culture, it's tough to build one. So one loss can be, feel like five if you're coming out of the wrong mindset,
0: a team that a lot of people expect to do great things this season out of the AFC North. I believe you are high on them. I not so much. My brother is very high on this team as well is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I have mentioned that, yeah, I was kind of leery about Pittsburgh. How about them getting a win over the Buffalo Bills in Week 1 and looking pretty good? I think they had to make a comeback to do it and and looking pretty daggone good doing it. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is the key to that team. I don't think there's as much around him offensively, and I'm very worried about that offensive line. Um, and if they can get back schematically – to the way they play on defense, which they did against the Bills. That's why they won the game. You play to win the game, as Herm Edwards once said. Um, They have a chance to be very good. Uh, We'll see what they uh, do this week. I believe they take on the
1: Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders, who I had hope for and are clearly not worth the the hope. Uh, Yeah, the Bills are scary. They got a really good team up there. And the Steel City showed up. Might be one of their best games of the year. Maybe they'll win a few in a row. They played as well as the Packers played poorly, if we can endure that one. Aaron Rodgers, he's, he's been blown up in media culture, certainly the memes around him looking uh, old compared to Tom Brady. And uh, you got to take care of your body. you got to throw it wicked hard. And you got to beat the Steelers when you have the chance. And then there
0: was the, uh, the game that a lot of people certainly in my family were paying attention to, Kansas City and Cleveland. I knew it was going to be close based off what we saw last year in the playoffs, and I knew it was going to be an intriguing game. I did not see the Browns getting out to a 12-point lead, uh, 22-10, to and looking like they were outstanding, uh, and, they, and they were for a good while of that game playing with their heads on fire. Um, And then, you know, Patrick Mahomes and company, Tyreek Hill, I mentioned earlier I've got him on one of my fantasy teams. He ended up catching a pass for, I think it was 75 yards for a touchdown, ended up walking, literally walking into the end zone. And Kansas City ended up doing Kansas City things. They ended up winning the game. It was a game that the Browns, in my opinion, gave away um, while looking great for – about three quarters, uh, tough, tough one to swallow, but, you know, a, a great effort and things to build on. You always build more on your losses than you do your wins. Um, Browns have two very winnable games with Houston and uh, Chicago coming up the next two weeks, and Kansas City has the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night football.
1: That's, uh, that's pretty interesting. Marcus, after the Super Bowl last year, which position group on the Chiefs took the most heat?
0: Well, a lot of it was around Patrick Mahomes and certainly the offensive line as well. Ding, the, ding, ding. The, the defense, you know, gave, gave up some big plays, but they were playing Tom Brady and that, but ended up having an injury with uh, Eric Fisher going down. And uh, so, yeah, it was the, the front of
1: that offense. So the best position upgrades the Chiefs made were on their offensive line, and it showed because the Cleveland Browns have a tremendous front seven, but especially that line. That's a special team that they were able to contain, and that is why the Chiefs look unbeatable.
0: What, uh, is there anything else that intrigues you from
1: week one? I'll be a homer. Mac Jones looks like an NFL quarterback. To to watch a whole game where I was watching him look off receivers, use the ball to stunt, I just fell in love with his eyes. He's dreamy. Wow. I, uh,
0: I was not quite expecting that, but sometimes there's only one way you can describe things
1: heartstrings man what what are you looking forward to in week two this week you called out the big game which is going to be Chiefs versus Ravens It's Baltimore real uh, I think their defense is still their defense it's a warm weather game if this game was going to be played later in the year give the Ravens a little more of an edge and I'm not kidding when I use the word unbeatable the Chiefs I don't think they look like a team that can't be you know, I don't think any deficit is too big When you have Pat Mahomes, that level of the offensive line, and just the tremendous skill set. I think it's the best offense we've seen since the 90s. uh, Yeah, the 90s Cowboys offense. It's complete.
0: In taking a look at the schedule tomorrow, there are two more games that really catch my eye. The first one is between the Saints... And no. Um, Let me check again. Uh, I'll do the Titans and Seahawks first. Seattle, you folks know, I'm very high on. I think they're going to win the NFC West. I was very high on Tennessee. I think they could be, could be a Super Bowl contender this year. But like I said in my monologue, they got absolutely blitzed and crushed by uh, Arizona last week. Um, It is going to be, if you can scroll uh, down again, or, yeah, down, thank you. Uh, Andrew Catalan and James Lofton have that Tennessee-Seattle game. The other one that I am in, oh, it's, uh, it's the one right above it. Jim Nance and Tony Romo have the Cowboys and the Chargers, and I'm intrigued to see what happens there because the Cowboys looked really good um, despite losing to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Hey-o. and I say it about the Chargers all the time, they just need to find a way. Kind of like I talked about some of those teams in uh, in the NF or in NCAA football that they need to find a way to get over the hump. I was re- referring to Miami, North Carolina, and Virginia Tech, all out of the ACC. The Chargers need to find a way to become again the San Diego Superchargers. Super Chargers. Yeah. Uh, the Powder Blues, the back of the day with Chris Berman and Tom Jackson, and Sunday NFL Pride time. And uh, they they have to get that mojo back. They haven't had that mojo in years. My mojo, they stole my mojo, baby. Very very good. Um, so that's that's another one to look. I I thought there was a game at one o'clock that I had my. I, uh,
1: a quick update on that CBS late game. If you want to watch that Dallas Chargers game, and I recommend Justin Herbert as the best watch every Sunday, uh, that is your late game on CBS. You want to talk about the earlier games at Fox? That's your CBS lineup. Um,
0: yeah, the CBS lineup has the Raiders and Steelers. That's Ian Eagle, Charles Davis, New England, and New York Jets.
1: Well, for our market, Trent, it's the yellow.
0: Yeah, Trent Green and uh, my guy, Kevin Harlan, and then a uh, Houston, Cleveland, Greg Gumbel, Adam Archuleta, we're gonna get here Denver Jacksonville, Denver Jacksonville, spirodidas and Jay Feely, and then we're gonna get that great game between Dallas and the Chargers with Jim Tony and Tracy. The Fox lineup, um, it's gonna be gonna be interesting, and maybe this was the game I was thinking of with New Orleans and Carolina. Mm-hmm. That's that's one that really intrigues me with Chris Myers and
1: Daryl Johnson on
0: the call on Fox.
1: You like Carolina more than you thought, don't you?
0: You know it's they're they're intriguing obviously Darnold with a great game against his former team the New York Jets what does New Orleans do to come back after the big win against the Packers um the LA Rams Indianapolis Colts game is going to be interesting Kenny Albert Jonathan Vilma and Indy um it's it's going to be intriguing uh some
1: of these games for sure I'm excited, too, Marcus. What do you think about Atlanta at Tampa Bay? Uh, not
0: looking good for Atlanta. Kevin Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson are going to see Atlanta for the second time in a row. They, they had the game last week against Philadelphia. I think the result's going to be very similar.
1: Can I tell you what? The,
0: the Swiss cheese defense for Atlanta, they got to find a way to protect Matt Ryan, and hopefully we see a little bit better game out of the receivers hard hard pressed to put more pressure on the rookie Kevin Pitt um, rather yeah. Kyle Pitts yeah. he caught a couple of balls he did well catching a couple of balls in his NFL debut but he's got to be a little bit better than that but it all comes down to the offensive line and certainly the defense my goodness gracious the defense has
1: to play a lot better but uh, I don't know here's why it's a watch for me I'm not going to watch your defense. As much as I let well, I guess I'll watch a little bit of Tommy tearing it up. I want to see Kyle Pitts against a three-four base because if there's one thing Matt Ryan knows how to run, being an old man, it's how he can basically play a short yardage passing game against a three-four base. It's a great three-four base they have in Tampa, not good, great, and I can't wait to see the way Kyle Pitts lines up. Matt Ryan finds him because all you can through motion, you can get that guy a one-on-one on your choice line receive, you know, linebacker or uh, safety. Anywho. I want to see that kid work. I expect a lot of uh, changes at the line of scrimmage with pits in motion, and make the defense react. Let me show you who the blitz linebacker is. I can't wait for that side. It's going to be fun
0: to see. Um, there are some other games that uh, that really intrigue me down the line. Obviously, in Week Four, one huge game is the Sunday Nighter. I think it's got to be the game of the week. Your boy Mac Jones taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday night football. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, Michelle Tafoya, the whole gang. I mean, it's, it's fired and it's, it's loaded. It's in there. Carrie Underwood going to perform before the game. It's going to be great. Um, that's gotta be week four game of the week, two weeks from now. Um, certainly want to, what, what we're going to do is take a break in a second and then do, uh, the MLB here shortly. Um, But I want to, before we take the break, get you the website for high school officials that we were talking about a little bit earlier. It's simple. Highschoolofficials.com. Simple as that. Look into it. Great way to serve your community and uh, help out in in a time where it is needed. Um, and, And there definitely is a big need to help circulate officials with this high school football season here in the low country and, and beyond, quite frankly. When we come back, we're talking Major League Baseball, things that make you go, hmm, yeah. That's next on the Marcus Walsh Show. And if I can't benefit, oh, no, I just can't do it. And no. so do it, do it.
1: Hey sports fans, do you live in the Lowcountry of South Carolina? Well if so, be sure to check out the WHHI TV Bowl series. Marcus Walsh is the golden voice of WHHI sports. Games air 10 times per week on WHHI TV, available on Hargrave Channel 8 and 418 HD, Spectrum Channel 3, and everywhere on the WHHI live stream on YouTube. If you're watching a bowl game in person, be sure to come say hi to Marcus and I. I'll be working a camera while Marcus holds down the call beside his color guy, David Court. Come be a part of the action with WHHI Sports! Back to the show.
0: Back into the Marcus Wall Show from the Batcave Cave, home of Kevin Libby, and uh, certainly want to, since I gave the uh, the site for the officials at the end of the last segment, want to give a shout out and a big thank you to Larry Jackamot, our uh, our jack of all trades in terms of coordination, producing, and uh, and the like for WHHI, in particularly during high school football and basketball season. Um, you know, I, I'm doing the play-by-play, and I've got my color guy, uh, Daniel Court, with me. And, of course, uh, in the case of last night, it was Bob Stevens. And then Larry's the other guy that is either to my right or left feeding me and uh, and my color guy, Daniel, or, again, Bob. Uh, information reads on, on cards, and he gives a ton of great information with the coaches, ADs, etc. Statistics and information galore, it's uh, it's Larry Giacomont, and along with Bob Stevens, Larry's been doing it a long time as well and he's just terrific so I wanted to give him a plug here certainly on the Marcus Wall Show we'll be giving more information um from Larry and about Larry as as things go on and as we get bigger and better more uh, information to come as the uh episodes go on not giving away anything yet but uh it will be coming so kudos to Larry and and thank you Larry for everything that you do for sure to help uh make us all great and, and that that even goes certainly for camera guys and, and whatnot during our broadcasts of football and basketball
1: like you kev larry had this crazy idea that we all wear headsets where we can hear from the director what he wants us to coordinate for shots the way that impacted our production value was tremendous larry's a pro last night was really hard we had a medical event you needed people with experience to remain calm and make a nice product for, for folks And uh, I'm really proud of the way he operates every day. Like, it's, you know, a good time to be here, and we should all relax and have some fun. Great guy. That's
0: what it's about, for sure. Want to talk a little Major League Baseball and go over the standings. We're going to start in the National League, and uh, we are looking at the NL Wild Card. First, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers at 94 and 54, and then the St. Louis Cardinals at 77 and 69. They are the two teams right now locked in at the one and two position with a ton of teams behind them. One team that really intrigues me of the teams behind those two is that team in third place. That's the Cincinnati Reds. It was not too long ago that they were in the second spot. And of all of these teams, you certainly have the race in the NL East as well between Philadelphia and New York. I believe that's the Sunday night baseball matchup this week. You've got San Diego, who's got a chance to to do some things. They're only a game and a half out. But the team that is out that could possibly get back in that I have my eye on big time is Cincinnati, and especially with that rivalry they have with the St. Louis Cardinals. It's going to be very, very intriguing. On the other side you've got Boston and New York it was Boston and Oakland and certainly Toronto's in the mix but right now Boston and New York are your top 2 AL wild card teams with Toronto just a game or just a half game rather outside of New York for the second spot Oakland then is the 4 team so to speak the Cleveland Indians are still not mathematically out of it they're ten and a half back of spot number two at 71 and 74, and at last check, they are trouncing the New York Yankees today by the score of eight to nothing. At this point, coming off a tough loss, they faced their former mate Corey Kluber yesterday and ended up losing in a shutout, eight to nothing. Um, things look very interesting. It looks like your top teams right now in the AL uh, are Tampa Bay, Houston, and Chicago. That could very well change. And then San Francisco, Milwaukee, and Atlanta are your top teams at the moment with a couple of weeks to go as the division leaders in the National League. Kevin, your, uh, your thoughts. There's still ways to go with uh, a couple of weeks left in the season.
1: I think you got to make sure you keep an eye on that burner because I think we got ourselves a hot stove. And I'm just getting a text now that it is nothing Cleveland in the middle of the sixth. Living in sin with the safety, Finn singing. Cleveland rocks. As a Boston fan to a Cleveland fan, thanks, man. Love you. <laughs> Absolutely. Right back
0: at you, my friend. And I've, I've talked about it a lot, um, and I'll, I'll say it again. Having that experience at Fenway Park, it was just amazing. Um, I didn't hear... There were a couple of songs that you mentioned, obviously. One was Sweet Caroline. What was the... And, and I know why I didn't hear it. Ah, uh, you figured it out. Because the Red Sox didn't um, win.
1: I'm going to tell you a story. i about my town. Sorry, it's the Standells' Dirty Water. Was that... It's what this is a story
0: about my town or our town? Is that is that what you yeah. were
1: alluding to? Down by the, the I'm river. Ass, I'm
0: assuming that's how it sounds.
1: Down by the river, Charles. Bum bum. bum, bum. Bum, bum, Yeah. Interesting. A lot of passion that goes with the wind. It's like when the fat lady sings in New York, you know, New York, yeah. New York, New, New York, New baby. New York, New
0: York. Go Cubs Go. Oh, I've, yeah. I've been to Wrigley as well. Uh, the ma- that go Marlins. Go Cubs Go. Go Cubs Go. ho, ho.
1: It's like uh, that Marlins song. Remember the Marlins song, Scott Scap, uh, Scott Scap, Scott Stapp from Creed when he busts out, oh, "Let's play ball, it's game day. Oh, you told me about that. Yeah. Strikeouts, pitch, hits, double, please. And
0: nothing against Scott Stapp, but that song was.
1: You mean the the Miami Marlins don't sing, like sing that oh. in the seventh thing stretch and say, "Go Scott Stapp." He's he's still relevant, right, kids? He he is, but I, I know you're not a fan of the song. Creed. That's that's what I'm. Creed is the band to. I use as a reference point, and I say things like, "You know, Creed's so bad, even Creed knows Creed stinks." They created a new band called Alter Bridge without Scott. Stapp. It's the, yes, yes. It's the lyric in the Ben Folds song "Army," where they, you know, it's they. They they formed a band with they got, got formed a band without me, and they got a different name.
0: Got it. Um, it's it's uh, very intriguing. Certainly. Uh, going back to the my trip to Boston, singing "Sweet Caroline" in the middle of the eighth inning, and, and I was I was singing bum, it,
1: bum, bum. just
0: incredible. That's that's one of my karaoke go-to's. So
1: good, so good. And
0: actually, I happened to hear one of my favorite Josh Turner songs. Mm. Um, Josh Turner, yeah, things that make you go. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I was very surprised to hear this song, but I heard "Long Black Train." I think it during a pitching change. And, uh, of course, I had to sing along to that because Josh Turner is one of my karaoke go-tos, as I just said. He's incredible. Um, It looks as if things are going to be intriguing. There's still a chance for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And um, I had the Los Angeles Dodgers and the New York Yankees in the World Series. You had the New York Mets and the Minnesota Twins in the World Series. New York still has a chance because of the fact that they are in the hunt of, you know, a wild card spot or whatnot in the NL East. Minnesota's not going to happen. They're only, you know, a handful of games better than Cleveland is at this point. So I'm pretty convinced that that's not going to happen.
1: But, but you know I, what is? I guess
0: there there is a shot that LA and, and, and even LA struggled over the last course of the last couple of months they just got Kershaw back um and the New York Yankees are getting hot at the right time as of now
1: who do you think looks like the uh, the matchup for the World Series with apologies to a real miscall on, I confused the twenties and the White Sox. I thought those White Sox were stacked. I went twenties because I thought they had a better pitcher. I think Barrios, Jose Barrios, is going to have a a serious impact on the on the playoffs still. But of course, it's going to be for the it's Toronto for the Blue Jays. So what a team they are in competition with these Red Sox and Yankees. The East is, it's, I mean, gotta remember coming down to the end of the year here. The East is going to keep playing them each other mostly. Uh, so thanks again for being from Cleveland and crushing these Yankees tonight. It's, it's a big, steamy, hot stove. You want to keep your fingers off, off the pulse. What are you thinking, Marcus? Well, I mean, do you have... My World Series? Yes. Do you have a prediction? If I'm going to give up on the Twins coming out of the American League, I would go Blue Jays because of the top of their staff. If Chris Sale can come back healthy, the Sox are scary, but I don't think Chris Sale is healthy. Um, I don't think we're consistent enough beyond him and the staff. I think that... Yeah, the the Jays do a lot of things that excite me, and the Yankees have the deepest staff. They really can pitch, and they scare me in that way. Yeah, it's a hot, hot, steamy stove at the very end of the summer. In the National League, are you sticking with the Mets? No. Give me, give me the Mets. As much as this is the most Mets team ever, and I mean, you know, <laughs> try to make the reference point to the thumbs down, like oh. That, that was absolutely awful. You thought the Mets fans could never go through more. If you're going to win a ring, it would be a hilarious ring to get. I don't think they have the chemistry to do it. If I can flip on my Mets, the Metropolitans. Um, Nash- I'm giving you an out. Give me the Reds. I, there's a, we're about to go to Kroger and get some groceries, and there's a kid who wears a Reds hat, and he has it since day one. I'm with that kid. He's watching the games every day, and I'm not, and his Reds hat didn't come off through any of the swings Let's, uh, let's go Reds. Big Red machine. Give them to me, baby. I, again, had the,
0: uh, the New York Yankees and the Los Angeles Dodgers. I am also going to give myself an out in the American League. But I am going to say that the... AL representative in the World Series is going to be the team that got there last year. The team that I saw take on the Boston Red Sox, I'm going Tampa Bay. They are 92-56. and 56. They have easily the best record in the American League. And as I scroll down, they have the second best record in all of baseball. The only team that is better that I has taken me very much by surprise and the team that I think can go for a long haul is San Francisco. If you give me an out in the National League, I'm going to go with the team that is not Cincinnati, but it's in the same division. I'm thinking Tampa Bay and Milwaukee are the two best teams that we've got going right now. And if you give me an out from New York, Yankees, Los Angeles, Dodgers, I'm thinking Tampa Bay Rays and Milwaukee Brewers. It'll be easy on both teams because they're both in domes. It'll be easy on the broadcasting crew at Fox because they're both in domes. I say as of now, Tampa Bay and Milwaukee is your World Series prediction as far as I'm concerned. And you again went with Cincinnati, the big red machine from back in the day. Boy, my my buddy Patrick Vlasic would be thrilled if that happened. And in the American League, Toronto, Blue Jays, Reds, and I'm going Rays and Brewers. Birds versus
1: fishes and beer versus... Uh, race. Yes, in the same way that Marv got to go out in his final year with a winner. Imagine Uke. Oh, wouldn't that be something? If if Uke, I I think that and he didn't, not Kevin Euchelis, kids. We're not talking about Kevin Euchelis. We're talking about we're talking about the great Bob Uker. The great Bob Uker. but.
0: He didn't mention anything about retiring, right? As far as I know. Do you know something I don't?
1: I I'm saying give you a chance to call World Series for his own team.
0: And I think if he does that and they win over Tampa Bay,
1: look, he can be he'd, Tom Brady. He'd be
0: hard pressed to not retire. But what if they're back again the next year? But they could be back again the next yeah, year. Yeah, he's Mr. If, Baseball. If he ends up calling a World Series championship with Milwaukee. I think he would have to think about hanging him up on the high note. Not saying that he would do it, but I think he would have to think about it. I like your matchup. It involves Mr. Baseball. And and I tell you what, I'll have to send it if I can find it. I'll send it to you. He called a game-winning Grand Slam about a week or two ago for Milwaukee, and it was a thing of beauty. The guy is in his 80s. He's still doing it he still sounds great. What a classic treasure Bob Uecker is. And I actually went to, it's not Miller Park anymore, but I went and saw a game there in Milwaukee back in 2008. It was Milwaukee and Minnesota with my brother and uh, at the time, my next door neighbor or neighbor across the street. And it was a a very nice environment. And uh, the folks there at what was then known as Miller Park. I think now it's American Family Insurance Park. Um, they do a great job.
1: You know, if you got to the stadium, but uh, you didn't have your tickets, you know what you'd be? Just a bit outside. Well done. Not not only with
0: that, but again, I've said it before, I'll say it again, and, and it was so true. That was the Buzz Brainerd coming out of you, my friend.
1: <laughs> this week in, in baseball. baseball.
0: That's it. And I'll, I'll match that with the old classic Mel Allen line. How about that?
1: <laughs>
0: Anything else on the uh, on the Major League docket? Yeah, good times. I think, I think that'll do it. That'll wrap it up for this edition of the Marcus Wall Show, again titled Things That Make You Go Hmm. Hmm. We'll be back with you soon for another edition of the show for Tyler Brown Multimedia, LLC, and Productions. My good buddy Kevin Libby from the Batcave. I'm Marcus Walsh. We'll see you all again soon. You have just been listening to this edition of the Marcus Wall Show. So long, everybody. I'm going to do it right now. By the way, I do it. Baby, let me like Then it's like that sound. All you want to do is let go. I'm in saute
1: mode. No more feng shui gold. Come here, girl. Come at them clothes. Can't do it like me. Do it like me. Can't
0: groove it like me. Groove it like me. Can't do it like this. Do it like this. Want to kind of saute work all in the wrist. Might get grown, man. and y'all on the bridge. And make me sound good. All oh, things go to Chris. I can't indulge if I can't benefit.